Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. Hey, Swizzy. Chris is not here today. Chris is now babysitting because his partner has COVID. He's in lockdown. He's in isolation because he has a close contact. So he wanted to be here, but he can't. So we're trying a new platform today. It's Iris for podcasting because Swizz, my man Swizz, he's got a new mic. He's got himself hooked up and sorted. So we want to bring the best quality forward. So we're trying a couple of things today. Consider us the GWS midfield, hey? Just throw it around. We'll see what works. Just throw it around and that bit like the doggies and Bevo. And, you know, it's good. Good bit to be back for 2022. Shame Chris is not here, but, you know, we'll uh, look after uh, after things until he gets back. So now it should be good. And how was your off-season, Swizz? The cricket season and just time off in general? Yeah, well, I've got the cricket top on at the moment. Uh, So it's been all right and that. I still work most of it. The... uh, week I had off was because of COVID. Uh, the, uh, unfortunately, got the bad strand from the uh, – I went to the test match and, um, yeah, I wouldn't wish that onto any of my worst enemies. That was a pretty horrid three or four days there in bed. But, you know, we got through it. Uh, we tried to do a bit of uh, the big bash and that and the podcast. Obviously, their, their fixturing's a bit bit tough, but that was still good to um, have some super coaching in the off-season until the last round where I shit the bed and fell out of the top 1,000. But, now yeah, that was still a bit of fun. And, yeah, starting the, the AFL Supercoach season off right, we uh, had draft stars last night for the BBL and I came first place. That was $100 in the pocket. So hopefully uh, I can bring that success to the uh, Supercoach season. Mate, living large. Yeah, BBL is hard to podcast because there could be a, a game in Perth or, you know, like whatever late game, sorry, scheduled. And then all of a sudden the game's on the next day or it could be a midday and like good luck recording any of that. So, look, we are here for Supercoach uh, AFL. We are very, very keen. Chris looks like he's back on the bandwagon. Uh, I think he's pretty keen for some of these changes. Um, there was consideration, depending, you know, we are anticipating some kind of COVID um, interruptions this year based on what we've experienced in the BBL and just the fact that you know, even now players, you know, uh, Mason Cox has got COVID at the moment. Daniel Rich had COVID and was off uh, from work. So you're going to have all of these kinds of things to the point where I'm starting to actually try and maybe even get a bit of a tally of who, which players or premium players, not Mason Cox, um, has had COVID, so that should give them probably less chance of missing games during the season. So, yes, uh, I know you play, people can get COVID again and that kind of thing, but generally within the sort of few months after that, you have, have a much lower risk of recontracting that. So it is what it is. You know, Hopefully you are keeping well out there. Today what we're going to do is just go through the new rule changes, how we were sort of shaping up or how that's kind of changed our approach to looking at teams and is also very much a big draft relevance as well, probably to our opening start to the season and these rule changes as well, very, very much draft relevant. So there you go. Um, Swiss, let's start off with the rule changes yeah. and we'll pick them off one by one and then that way we can go through each other's thoughts and how it would impact standard and how it would impact draft leagues as well. Absolutely. So the big first one is the addition of trades where we're now up to 35 from 30. Um, so last year we ended up getting 34 um, after we had two rounds of two added because of the COVID situation that was going on. So uh, they've obviously pre-planning here, thinking there's going to be a lot of outs. And as we've, we've everybody knows in the country, everybody's been getting COVID. And you know, as Ben said, in the off-season, played cricket, and we had one round, about 30 affected from the club. So, you know, everyone's going to get it at some point. And then come winter, well, probably going to get it again, just hopefully becomes more like the flu. But, you know, um, so, yeah, so that's super coach trying to pre-plan this and go, okay, here's a f- uh, five extra trades. It's been a bit of a mixed reaction in the community. I know the real serious players have been like, oh, we had 20 back in the day. And, yeah, I do remember those days of playing with 20. But um, trading is probably the most fun thing for most people with a super coach. So um, that'll hopefully keep the casual fan, um, you know, more included. It'll hopefully help us deal with these the possibilities of COVID. Um and, and naturally, you know, there's always going to be strategy around if you had 10 trades, if you had 100 trades, 
you know, the best players are going to find a way to exploit that. So, you know, I like the idea that we've got 35 and already some people are thinking, uh, you know, do I go hard early? Do I look at mid prices or do I, um, you know, save them from case we get COVID out? So everyone's going to have a different way of playing with it. So, you know, I like the fact that we've got 35 trades. You, Benny? Yeah, look, I think they're probably going to give us trades anyway. So why not load up with 35 and give people the option if – and the thing I like about it is with the power boost and that kind of thing is that you can actually assess how your season's going. So if you get some injuries, then bang, you can use an extra trade to fix your team. If you're actually traveling, traveling well and you haven't had many injuries and you've got quite a few trades, then all of a sudden you can actually start to look at strategic moves to, you know, maybe you want to burn them to then actually, you know, try and get a leg up and advantage somewhere else before other people. So it is going to add a new strategy element to it. Whereas before, yes, you only had your two. So you were limited with the moves you could do. Whereas now, you know, if you're a, a leagues player, then you might want to keep that extra trade for the finals and then have a look at, oh, well, I've got these players. So I'm going to make tra- changes to actually give myself more point of differences against my opposition. And there's a whole range of different things you can do for it. So I quite like it. I think they were going to have to give us trades anyway, but at least if they start off with 35, then there's less chance of them adding it through the season, which I think is a benefit. I think Chris will definitely enjoy that one more. And, um, yeah, I guess the, the trade boost is probably uh, the next part there, isn't it? So you can, if you have it up your sleeve, then you could be a bit more aggressive through the buys, which is probably where ideally I think I would like to use them because, you know, three trades through the buys are quite good anyway. But imagine if you can then have an extra player playing on field. So if the top 18 you can use an extra trade through all of those and all of a sudden with four trades over each round for three rounds, you can be really aggressive with points on field and fully upgrading your side coming out of those buy rounds. Yeah. Uh, now I really like the, how they've linked that in with the trade boost. Um, and that was the thing with like, say Chris and a few players last year who kind of saved trades. And then now, now that we know we're going to have 35, we've got the extra trades. Everyone's on the same playing field from the start. But then add the trade boost in where five times a year we get to add one extra trade. And you don't have to use them, but they're up your sleeve. Um, so that does help with sometimes you get that. Um, you want to go one up, one down, but then you cop an injury. Um, so at least now you've got that ability if you need to pull the trigger and go, well, I can actually go with the trade plans and not have to then try to, okay, what do I do now? Because, you know, I've copped an unfortunate injury to a player. Um, that round two, uh, so it would be interesting to see how many people use it then with the rookies that we miss out on. Um, and some people are already discussing that as the first time to use it. As you said, the buy period where we get the three will be now the four. So that'll help, like, make some strategies around which players we start um, depending on what buy rounds you want to load up on. Um, and then there's just the natural one of how many you keep up your sleeve um, with the COVID situations as well and that, and that all links in with how many trades. So if you're only going to have two trades left after the buys, well, then it's useless. You, must, you should have used all your trade boosts then because you're not going to obviously have it. Um, where other people sometimes are in the position where they can save their trades. So... They might keep one or two trade boosts for those situations as well. So I think that's where we're going to see some different, um, as you said, strategies this season. But it's also going to play around with the rankings a little bit more. Um, and the fact that I think um, we're not going to all end up having the same team, which is a nice change in that because we find that with all the top players, um, you get like the top thousand and there's not a huge amount of ranking changes after the buy. Uh, or even like around that, yeah, well, actually probably are straight after the buy because um, most people have the same teams unless there's an injury to maybe a pod that you have. Um, you know, there's only a few slight changes for rankings because of people's captains. But now if you said, oh, well, you've got three trades up your sleeve a week, um, you might pull the trigger on a pod or you might do something a bit different with your team knowing that, you know, you, you, you've got the ability to do that because of this trade boost. So, yeah, no, I like the idea and it's good to see super, the people who run super coach are actually thinking about different ways to, um, you know, change up the game and get people more interested again. Yep. To put a real world context on it, I know, I think Chris, I think he was on the train. There was a, a couple others, you know, with Impy. So they had to try and fix up a rookie and do something else, but then they didn't have enough trades in that week uh, before the price changes to get Impy in as well. Do you know what I mean? So you're, they, were, they were trying to tie up between, was it Warner, Impy plus rookies? Obviously a lot of people held, you know, Paddy Dow who was shit in the bed, but yeah, there was, but that, that was the real life scenario where some people yeah. actually missed out on that option. Whereas if they go, oh man, there's three critical players that I must have, 
and, you know, it looks like I might be set behind if I don't have them, then bang, you use the extra trade, you bring in an impy, and then away he goes. So that is definitely an option if you have missed some of those rookies or some of those players that actually start off really well, then you can make those adjustments. Uh, all right, let's have a look for the next one. The next one DPP is yeah, DPP. So this is the yes. fantasy one that's uh, come over the super coach. <laughs> yes, I, I always liked that because when a player starts forward or playing in a different position, then they're kind of like crapped out for standard and even drafts because you're like, well, why do I want someone in the midfield, you know, when they're playing forward or when they're playing defense and, you know, the, you know they're not going to average that well. You can't – draft leagues, you're kind of stuck with them because you're like, well, that's what I've got for the year, so you hope on the planning before that. But I think this is going to have huge implications because not only in standard where you can actually try and pick these players, it's going to have, you know, if, say, a Bonds and Pelly, a Fife, a Danger, um, a Marshall, Royal Marshall, if they get forward status, then all of a sudden they get into that top 10, you know, area for forward line. So where people were going fairly big before and with, you know, four premium forwards and stuff, all of a sudden you're now going, oh, well, I need to kind of rethink that strategy because you're not going to – a forward that gets mid-forward status, who cares? You get a little bit of flexibility. You're not going to be going, oh, wonderful, I can't wait to bring that forward into the midfield. It doesn't work. It's about the midfielders who end up having a defensive status or end up having a forward status or a ruck that has a forward status. So you're better off actually leaving a little bit of room in your defensive line and your forward line depending on what the preseason tells us. So at the moment, I think um, Dane Zorko, mid only, is looking at playing halfback flank, taking Birchall's role possible he could be top 10 defender even though we're stacked with defenders doesn't really matter as much but in that forward line keep a little bit of room so now people are starting to go okay well do I want to Zach Butters and try and pick a breakout uh Chris is all for him Chris is doubling down on oh, I called Petrarca two years ago and Zach Butters is Petrarca this yeah, year's gonna have 115 15, yeah. 115 plus <laughs> he's calling it already and um look I don't want to be the asshole but JB's not going him and I'm like, do I want to ride Chris's coattail on this one? Because he, he served me well for Petrarca. He sold me. So I'm not too sure. We'll see the preseason uh, hype, I guess, as to the butters. But that's kind of the, the, the line of thinking. It's going to add a new element to it, which I quite like, because you need to then have a look at what those changes are. I'm hoping there's lots of changes because in my keeper league, I've, I was hoping for changes already, but I've got Dangerfield, Fife, Zorko. Uh, I, I got lucky with Mitch Duncan, who I picked up. Um, oh, I've got someone else, like so many that are mid only, which I'm hoping they go somewhere else. Uh, and draft leagues, you can now have a look at players if, you know, it looks like they'll get in a different part of the season or if they'll get DPP, you can pick them up off the waiver earlier, knowing that they should change position. You can draft people with hope or anticipation and that there might be upside, whereas you're picking them up at a 90 average midfield, but it looks like they're going to be switching positions. So you pick them up a little bit later and then hope that there's that upside that they do switch positions and, and basically give you an advantage throughout the season. So yeah, I, I like I it, love for, it drafts. for draft pen. Absolutely. Because a lot of time, if you're in just a one season um, draft, uh, I'm different to the keepers where you're, uh, you know, obviously trying to draft younger players as well, but the one season draft, it can get a bit similar where you're trying to, draft that highest value person obviously you know especially if you have people who say go midfield hungry early and that all of a sudden yeah they're chasing either defenders or forwards and there's other people in your league doing that or everybody's going forwards and then everybody's going defenders but now all of a sudden people are going to reach um is a good term in the draft world um for different players because they'll go oh hang on i think this person could be a potential um like nate five would be any a great example of that a lot of people think he could play forward early, um, pick up that status where at the moment I don't see as much value in him compared to some of the other midfielders we have. But, yeah, there might be people might roll the dice and go all of a sudden, well, Fife was probably going in the third or fourth round. Now, oh, maybe I take him in that second or first round because he could get the dual position. Dangerfield um, is a natural, another one in there. Um, people throwing up Bont. Yeah, all these sort of midfield. Now, not a, not a lot of these gun midfielders usually pick up dual position, but there's always that chance. We saw Josh Kelly got it last year, uh, you know, Petrarca, these players. So, um, And then as we go down the list too, as you said, you know, there, there'll be other players who might be the 12th, 14th, 15th round. You're looking at maybe in the 9th or 10th going, well, that's a good person. Who, like maybe a Dylan Shield, for example. Yeah, you could see a Dylan world um, where he could start. Be, if Essendon are fit going through preseason, you go, okay, he's probably going to have to start off the half-forward flank. 
But then, so you might already, reach They're already him. tipping it. They're already tipping yeah. it last year, though, as well. Him playing possibly more forward. Exactly. Um, but the same thing. It's like, well, in a draft league, it's like, cool, Dylan Shield, midfielder. Eh, like, yeah, yeah. he'll be my mid seven or bench mid. Whereas now it's like, well, Dylan Shield averaging 80 plus. Yeah, easy 80 yeah. plus. Like, throw yeah. him in my forward line, done. And then you're also hoping that, yeah, or maybe the Bombers pick up a couple of injuries, then he comes even more valuable. So there'll be other people kind of tracking that and be going, oh, well, actually, if I reach a little bit earlier here, I could have, you know, a top. 10 midfielder, you know, pick in my 10th pick or something like that. So, I mean, forward. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of strategies come in play. And even I've seen this with standard sites, um, the discussion already about starting Bont and Petrarca, I think people thinking that they could potentially pick up the status. And and some people will take the risk going, thinking, well, I might not be able to get them if I don't start them, um, and then hope that they pick up that. Others will go, no, I'll wait, because if they – do actually play a lot forward, well, they're going to drop in price because they're not going to pick up those early points. And then you hope they move back in to the the scoring roles. But so different people are going to play it different ways with their standard side. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting how people approach it. The thing I love about draft leagues is no one ever overestimates the worth of a player, ever, in their selections. <laughs> I mean, people just jump so early and you're going, what the hell? Just be, oh, potential. Everyone's going up in average in preseason. No one's ever going down in average. More so in draft than standard, um, but yeah, and I'll be looking in those first six weeks. I try and pick off the pick off the nubdy because I'll be looking at who's changing positions. I'll be hitting up a trade, saying, "Oh yeah, let me give you a couple of these players," and I'll, I'll pick up that person who's you know doing all right but not doing that great. And then I'm hope for that position change. So that's what I'll be doing. Uh, lucky, lucky, I'm not putting this information out on the line or anything. But I'll be yeah, looking no, to no, definitely screw some people over in those first six weeks. We've after got it I know in some our league info. at the moment, mate. With uh, uh, I'll give Forty a shout out who run, runs our keeper league, and he's already been messaging me. We don't. We've got a deadline for about another ten days till we have to put our twenty keepers in. Um, and yeah, he's already like uh, trying to suss out who's keeping who and who's willing to be traded and stuff like that, eyeing off some of those dual position players. So yeah, you'll get a few in the leagues that'll be a bit sneaky at this time of year, trying to pick certain players up. Made in our keeper league, I got Aaron Hall, and I can't fucking get rid of him. I don't want him. He's Dane Ramby 2.0. I am doubling down. Aaron Hall will not be in my side this year. He is an absolute nuffy. He won't do anything good at all this year. And to make matters worse, I had Luke McDonald thinking he was a defender option. He's mid only this year. Like Now he's worthless as well. I could have got rid of him last year for an absolute steal going into that season. He was tipped to be top three or four or five average of players, and now he's a midfielder only and worth zero. So Hall was my first pick, <sighs> mate, in standard. So. Well, Chris wants, Chris wants Aaron Hall, and I'm not giving it to him because he wants to give me nothing because he knows I don't want him. I'm like, I will keep him on my bench all year round. It would be like kicking and screaming. He can sit there on the bench and I'll just abuse him all year. He won't be on your bench, mate. He's going 110. No. No, surely not. But we can argue that come the North Melbourne show, mate. <laughs> that is We've got true. to talk something um, about North Melbourne. That'll be no, the hour I think they're actually very relevant this year. Uh, good old North, which will be a nice change of scene. Um, speaking of which, our schedule for this year is we plan to get together and do um, like half an, hour, half an hour little segments or something rather, looking at the different teams. Particularly, we're going to look at um, you know, who's relevant. So we're looking at you know, the ones that you want to start in standard the ones that are up and coming, so the the ones that are uh, relevant, so the up and comers, whether it's up and coming in price, so the mid price is pushing forward, or up and comers looking at breakouts as well, and then we're looking at um, you know draft relevance and a few other things as well. So I think it'll be very probably draft focused, plus also standard if you're looking at those breakout categories, and more importantly than anything, who to avoid, who do we think is actually sliding yeah. down in stocks? Um, yeah, so like for instance, if it was a normal season, you would say, well, avoid Dane Zorko because he looks like he's playing defense. Whereas with the rule changes, you're kind of like, wait, hey, well, now maybe keep an eye on Dane Zorko because six weeks into the season, you might actually get him as a defender. So I think it's going to be very interesting with the new take of rules and our preseason. We were going to try and record a little bit today, but obviously with Chris out, I don't want to shit talk Collingwood without him. So we're going to probably put that on hold for a little bit. And um, as what will happen through the season, we'll just try and keep the show running when we can and we'll give you all of our thoughts thoughts and opinions was what is it our thoughts not opinions or our opinions yeah. i don't know bit, bit of both not advice not yeah. advice it's yeah. thoughts and opinions well <laughs> so you've missed one there benny and the, the rule changes and it's the edit to the uh yes walkout and that which there was a loophole in that so the super coach have just made it an official thing that everybody knows about now um there there was where you could 
if you did if you had one trade spare and you did the trade that you had already done but in reverse it would magically give you a trade back um and some people say yeah it would fine i actually never tried it and that i just you know play the game I think it was if up, you did the like the one player for the one player and you yeah. did that whereas if you did like a two for two yeah and like one game started or whatever it was then i think some people tried to do it but they burnt their trade, burnt their trade <laughs> and stuff like that. It, so, trying to reverse it yeah um so yeah now if you for example round one we've got melbourne and the doggies well round round one's a bit different because they usually they open up but let's just call it say round two and you've got the friday night teams played and you've made a trade but it doesn't affect that game well you can reverse your trade and get your players back to you know or get that player back or you could you know trade that player to somebody of lesser value or equal value um and, and that's just going to help with the COVID outs and that um i know there's some people don't like it because it's like oh well and then i have to log in and they kind of like i said and forget but at the same time those players especially at the top um somebody like me who got killed last year with mills being a late out you know i could have just flipped him to another Sydney defender or something else in that game. And, yeah, I would have said, apart from helping me in my league wins, would save me, you know, at least, you know, maybe 50 points, maybe more. So, um, yeah, it's just a, that little advantage through the week. And it'll be interesting now about people's trades where do you go early on the Friday night on that or hold, or do you now just go early knowing that you can reverse if need be, if, the, if those guys are going to be, say, on a Sunday game. Um, and that'll also help with the rookie situation too. Um, a lot of those times when we don't have those Sunday teams named, so you can go off, do your trades, as long as it's an, you're trading for another Sunday player. But let's just say, yeah, uh, one of these rookies, it might be, you know, Nick Dacos, for example. Um, and for whatever reason, he, you were going to trade him in, he might have dropped in price. You know, it's not a great example because he's obviously a more expensive rookie. But um, for example, he comes in round four, you're trading him in, and then for whatever reason he, he doesn't actually get named or he pulls out or something like that, and then you can flick him to another rookie if you want to So um, by reversing that trade. So I think it gives, with, with everything that's going on in the world with COVID, um, it will help um, definitely with the rankings and not you know screw teams over who have just been you know, dealt an unlucky hand. Not only that, even on a little side note, I know sometimes where you're, you're looking at, oh, you know, players injured or they're going to miss a round, you know, maybe a, a, and you're looking at trading that person now. So you're like, oh, what's the next best player? I'll pick this person. Next minute, your rookie goes absolutely gangbusters. Um, you know what I mean? So there's a couple from Hawks, I think, just went out and actually towed out some big scores. And you're like, fuck, I would have just taken that score instead of trading this player out for a week just to get a primo on the score, thinking you had to catch up. You know, so then you can, oh, I'll just keep my player, loophole him and take the bench score. So it does provide a little bit of flexibility. Uh, I quite like it as well, particularly with those laid outs. We are probably going to have some laid outs. And there's nothing worse than like, oh, I've put in my trades on a Friday and then all of a sudden, yeah, what yeah, what do you do? So uh, it's going to be interesting though when they can reverse trades because if you do three, like, you know, two trades in a hit where the one's already locked out where you can just then trade that one person to someone else, I think that's how it must have to work. I I think it does that way, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting that the first time we do it, yeah, I know. we're still going to be a bit, you know, skeptical. Makes, makes me think going, about well, hang on. But yeah, so that that will be interesting. Come sort of round three, I think, will be about the first time we'll be trading bar injuries. Hopefully, it does do that because that way, if you have multiple locked in, and if there's one that hasn't played yet, you can still trade them on. Yeah, <clears throat> might be the way to go. Whereas if you do singularly, then you know, I mean, the, yeah. Anyway, I don't. Yeah, yeah. We'll That'll see how it goes. Yeah, see, see Definitely. how it goes. But I, I do, I do like the premise of it. Um, next thing I do want to touch on is leagues, um, particularly with. The leagues we're looking at in the draft league we're doing, so there's a normal draft league plus also the keeper league, um, is extending the bench. So at the moment they have awesome changes for draft leagues where you can actually custom make your draft league. They have You can have up to nine defenders, nine forwards, nine midfielders, four rucks, and 15 bench, which is stupid. You're not going to have a 44 team league, right? 46, you might. I think it is. Well, you, yeah, might. you might. You might. You might. If it's, just, if it's just if it's four or five of you, yeah, sure. Um, but for like, yeah, 10, 10 person league or an eight person league or whatever you're into. Um, one thing that I've definitely think is awesome for this year is extending that bench. So with COVID, there's nothing worse in draft leagues. And all of a sudden I've got, I'm missing a couple of players through COVID or injury and I've got four on the bench, but I can't, you know, use them. And it's this whole thing where they're too good to get rid of. So I think we're already talking about extending our bench to, instead of allow four to allow eight, 
which will then actually give people flexibility to cover injuries and COVID losses without it um, being a big issue. So I think that's a really good one. In the keeper league that we are in, Swiss, uh, same sort of premise where we wanted to have an extended bench so you can have a competitive uh, keeper league, right? So a competitive keeper league with 18 on field, four on the bench, but we wanted to have an extra four so you can actually try and be competitive to try and still win or be competitive so it's not like a landslide and actually still be able to, to develop some young talent. So we wanted to have an 18-person on field plus an eight-person bench, which we could never do. And we tried doing it offline, like our own spreadsheets, but the issue was people were picking up people off the waiver that were free but not free and available. Um, whereas now this is a much better option where we can actually have eight people on the bench so you can choose it to either you know, develop some young players that you might not want to put on field yet or you can cover injuries and a whole range of stuff. So I really like those draft changes, 100% hands down. Oh, and they're fantastic. For our Cricket Club League, so we went to keeper for the first time last year after about 10 years of single um, redraft leagues, and we were, we just went to the fantasy format because we were frustrated because Supercoach hadn't done this and that because we wanted 30 people, 30 um, player leagues with the 14 players people that play it. Um, but, yeah, with, with everything that's gone on with the changes of Supercoach, we've now changed over the super coach done the math it's probably affected everyone's team in a positive way by about four points most people on average are fairly equal so we're like well okay doesn't affect us too much bar a couple people like let's just say jake lever who averages 30 in fantasy is now averaging like 90 in super coach but i guess it all evens out and stuff and we always said if super coach well, can you, it, um yeah we'll, was it taranto and the yeah. um the whole uh was it adam's effect Taylor yeah. Adams? So, but yeah, so we're really excited now to do that because, yeah, with the 30, um, we have those squads because if people, it gives those, like, instead of having the same three, four people maybe dominating in a redraft, um, some people can load up on or trade for some of those younger players, especially if they have some early losses. So they can go hunt um, some of the younger players or some of the early picks. And it gives them a chance maybe the year after the year after that to come up the ladder. No different to an AFL season, um, you know, bar the, the best teams like, you know, Hawthorne, Geelong, Richmond, <laughs> um, who are always up the top of the ladder. But Yeah, they get to do – oh, bloody yeah, Richmond. But, and they get to play all, all home games at the MCG yeah, and but, um, go for that. So, But it's, a, it's no different in your keeper leagues than that, and people want that opportunity. You know, it gets boring if the same person wins. So it does give flexibility for those who want to go hunt younger players, and that's something I, I originally did. Like I went suitcase and dunks and some of those guys um, because Mills, um, who – you know, there's still some of them are really good performers, but those sort of 21, 22 year olds where my time will be in, you know, two, three years. Um, but, and then a couple of those older guys that I took trying to trade them out to guys who are, um, you know, who are in the premiership window now. So yeah, with the, you, there's so much flexibility in starting up a league like that. And I know a few people have talking about, oh yeah, I'm really interested in doing a keeper league, starting a keeper league now because you have that flexibility where you can have us choose how many from the start and the league can get really people in your league can get really involved on how that, that should shape up um, compared to the old way where there was just four on the bench. And yeah, if you, even if you copped injuries, well, if you copped an injury, you'd have to get rid of one of your kids to try to win your league match. And then, yeah, there's no, you know, obviously long-term jeopardy with that. So, no, I think they're really good changes. There's still things they can add in, but no, I'm all on board at the moment. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, also, just a keynote, if you are interested in studying a Keeper League, make sure you find people that are actually in it for the long haul or interested. Um, Keeper League is kind of like a dog. You don't just buy a dog for a one, two-year investment. You're actually, you actually you get into it knowing that it is actually quite a commitment and it does go for quite a few years. That would be my recommendation. I have very strong feelings about this, as anyone on Slack would know. Um, they started yeah. a keeper league and then wanted to bail after a year. I'm like, well, what's the point in me drafting? Like I got my cluggage Walsh, Walsh, like Raoul or something or other, traded absolutely for the young hall. And then I was like, well, if that was the case, I'd just draft all old people, play for one year and try and win. So, you know, especially if you things. do like cash ones and that with people, whatever. Um, sometimes your mates, like the better – if you're going to do it with your mates, probably do single season league. Um, if you're really ke like a keen super coacher, I said this year, last year, like I'm part of the Richmond Super Coach Supporters Forum, forum um, which Abdul runs down there. So we've got about 200 odd players who regularly chat on that forum. There'd be probably other supporter groups out there that have started their own Facebook pages and stuff like that. 
Um, so with us, we've got, I think we've got 10 divisions in standard and then we've got the draft league or two draft leagues that run on that. So we now out of those 200 people, that I think the 12 that are involved are really committed drafters. Um, uh, and there's a few other pages out there, um, Sirius Supercoach and, um, yeah, or you can even just contact us and we might be able to get your whole, you know, in touch with people. But the, yeah, if you, you scroll through the, on these serious pages, they there are keen super coaches who have been doing it for ages, who are always looking for you know they might be looking to start a new league or you know you can chat to them about people they might know that's starting a league. So um, yeah, it's one of those things. If you if you're just happy doing it with your mates, well yeah, do it with your mates. But if you're really serious and want to do proper keeper leagues and get involved in that, um, definitely yep. source out some of these uh, groups. I agree, and and I do admit things do happen. So even with our keeper league. Do you know I mean, there's occasional year where one or two people might be like, nah, look, I'm, I'm not into it. And then it's like, that's cool. So we basically take, we take their team and then we find someone that wants to play and we go, here's your team. And then they look at it and go, okay, so wonderful. So some of them are actually, like, I'll keep this or all, they start to gut kind of like a new coach. They come in and look at their list and go, okay, well, I want to get rid of this player. So they start to actually try and make changes and trades and are quite aggressive to try and get the, the basis down right and, and whatever, you know, their structure. So they try and go, okay, I'm going to have, build my team around these three key players. I'm going to try and do these moves and a few things. And then it takes them a couple of years to get into it, which makes sense because like any keeper league, you know, that's one way around it. If you do have someone that decides to pull the pin, then you find someone that wants to inherit a team. And yeah, it's not perfect inheriting a team, but you think about the long haul and, and the coaching, you start to you know develop your list and make changes and trades. And uh, it's a really good way to go about that as well. So There's we've done that around it too, Benny. I know like I've been involved in that situation before and come draft day, you know, we might give them the first two picks or a priority pick or something like that um, as a more of an incentive because they have taken over someone else's team. Um, some of these leagues like ours, you know, we, we pay every year to be in it and that, so they might get their fee waived that year and we just, you know, have a discount um, prize pool or something like that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's always harder if you're taking over someone's team, but at the same time, yeah, it's no different. It's been said in the AFL system, coaches get sacked and people come in and stuff like that and, and circumstances change. So, and if you can find like-minded people, like as I said, we do it at the cricket club. Um, draft day is one of the greatest days, um, of the year where you have somebody, you know, cooks ribs for us and, you know, we watch Moneyball draft day. I think we watched Six Headed Shark Attack last year in the background and what a weird movie that was and have, have that all going beers and, and alcohol flowing and you know it might be five hours of just banter and and boys you know ha having a great time and girls too, draft but, days know. are the best so draft, draft days are probably my favorite days of the year because yeah, of yeah. the possibilities you have a you have an idea on who you want to pick and then you go into the draft day and it's chaotic you have to you know adjust on the fly you have to sort of change strategy train change tactics try and assess the room get in where you want to get in it's, it's and then you, you look at your team and you're either happy or you're not you know, and you're like, where the where the fuck did this come from? I wasn't going to pick up this player, Dan Rampy. How did I get Dan Rampy in my team? <laughs> you know, like, how did this happen? Um, and, and there's nothing it's, better it's than there's a group of you in there, that room together. And you take someone and eleven people shout at you, reach or shit pick or whatever, and it's just no, it's it's great. No, we fun, we we that. applaud them. We're like, oh, like, great yes. pick. The person's injured for five rounds, but great <laughs> pick. Keep making those picks. Chris and I, we just we always applaud. Oh, great pick, great pick. Well done. So, <laughs> yeah, Jared Pollock, great pick. Guys, great pick. Great pick. Yeah, yeah no, pick another one just like him. Great pick. <laughs> Keep going no, for the value, no. boys. Um, and, and, yeah, it's the, I, and it's really the like same them. thing even with the standard leagues this year. They've they've changed what you can do with, with that. So um, you can create anywhere between 6 to 20 league, um, team leagues. So that might be a good one if you like playing with your family or friends and that. You might only have five other people. So you can start a six-person league, get involved, and you can choose how long you want to play for. Um, you can start leagues in the season, so it's not necessarily round one. You can, you know, fire one up at the buys if you really wanted to. Um, you can change your um, final settings and, you know, it's not just top eight. It could be top five. Uh, skip the buys. And then the one that I really like is league tiebreaker. So where before, if I finished eighth and Ben finished ninth and um, and I'd smash someone throughout the year and, and then he, you know, had a close game against them because he had to play them, say, in the bye, I might get in finals because of percentage, but if Ben actually I really ranked, like that too. Ben ranks higher than me throughout the year, he's actually not getting rewarded. He might be the twentieth best team in Supercoach. I might be twenty thousand. So actually, now Ben goes into finals and I don't. So it's actually Based rewarding on total, those yeah, because there's a lot points. of us who try to play for overall. 
um, but at the same time try to be in our league. So, yeah, it, it allows those um, overall players to have a, you know, a bit of an advantage as well. Even in draft leagues, I like it. Total points scored because you think back to, you know, buy rounds, and that goes again for standard, buy rounds are, are key for percentage, right? So you play someone in a buy round just by chance in your in your fixture and you get someone that has a stacked team and you might lose or you might win by a small margin and you just or you go up against someone who's got maybe they've loaded up for round 11 and 12 and then have a week 13 and you just happen to have a strong 13 team, round 13 team, and you pump them and you get rewarded. So the same thing with draft leagues. I like it because, again, it takes it, it what should be however many points you score in the year over every round, that should be where you sit in comparison. Whereas just by luck, you might come up against a weak opponent in two of the buy rounds in draft and your percentage goes absolutely huge, like huge. And then they have a good team against someone else and it affects, you know, they might go up a little bit, but they might go up against two strong teams. So I like it for draft leagues as well as standard, particularly draft because I think it makes it fair. It's not a, a luck game anymore who you play through the buy rounds. It, there is still luck as in you might win or lose, but as far as if you're even on points, you're not, you know, I think we had it from in our draft league, I think fourth to seventh, I think we're evenly points based and, um, you know, it really affects things. So I, I do like that as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and as you said, there's a little, uh, you know, get a bit of bad luck through the buy rounds and that. Bendy, actually, you mind me sharing a, a bad luck story? I, I heard one from a mate from my Dodsey. I know he listens to the show. Absolute pisser that he told me the other day. So we all have those moments in buy rounds where, uh, you know, do I, uh, especially with your league players, do I trade? What do I do? I'm against a weaker opponent, a stronger opponent. Um, so he was playing against somebody that he knew he couldn't lose to. Um, the poor gentleman passed away four weeks beforehand, and that rest his soul. You can see where this story is going. So he, um, so he's like, "No, nope, I've got this guy covered. I'm not going to trade." That was the week West Coast Richmond got moved in the buy period, and he went down by two points. So that's the, the biggest, stiffest story that I've ever heard. And Jesus, uh, yeah. So shout out to you, Dodzy, because that's so unlucky. That is unlucky. Uh, all right, let's go have a look at our actual team now, Swizz. Um, we're not going to go through the whole team because obviously rookies are yeah. changing. Uh, you can touch on a couple of rookies if you like, but what I think is we'll just go with, hey, which premiums are you looking at starting? Uh, well, first of all, what, what sort of structure are you looking at? How is your team sort of based? And then we'll go through what premiums you're looking at starting on each line, and then maybe if you do have a rookie that you want to name, then maybe just shout out to a rookie that you think would be or two that would be very impressive to consider. Um, so, yeah, starting off, how are you shaping up? Where are you spending your money? Well, did, did you do what I did the other day, Ben, and the new changes came out and just deleted your team and start again? Or uh... Uh, Pretty much. Mine's been quite similar, though, to be honest, although there has been a, a surprise admission into my team. Um, so we'll see. We'll get through that. That's do you want to start or do you want me to start? Um, oh, hey, mate, you can start. Why not? You can start. All right. So... I think there's a lot of value this year, and I love value. If anyone knows me more than anyone, <laughs> I love value. Um, if, it, if it's free, it's me. If there's a, a cheap option on the table, I would like to take it, and I love value. Value, value, value. That's where the points are and where the dollars are made. So basically, if I go to Coles or Woolies, I'm looking at the half-price specials before I even go anywhere else in the shop. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, okay, so I, I've, I've – Loaded up in defense again, um, partially I, I'm trying to take a, a fun approach this year by looking at players that I actually, A, I think have the potential to to move and hold their position. Uh, gut feel on things that I think should people that should be taking the next step. And basically my whole gut feel for this year is I think it's a, the year of the takeover. And I think it's time these young guns, because well, every year we pick these you know, old, trusted, true players and we see these glimpses of these young players coming through, your Olivers and your Bonds are now starting to really crack through that ceiling. And I just think it's a time for change of the guard. So I'm thinking, you know, Walsh and Bonds and Clary, Took, um, you know, Brayshaw. I think these players are just going to take the league over and run it by storm. So that's my gut feel is I think it's going to be a, a, an ageist uh, of the coming. So I'm um, loading up in the midfield, loading up in defense, going a bit cheaper in the forward line based on what we sort of said earlier. Um, I was already going a little bit cheaper in the forward line. Um, I've gone cheaper R2 at the moment, just depending on how the season goes, whether I prove some, whether I, yeah, if English looks like he's playing a lot of, you know, Ruck 1, then I can then bring English in and, and use him as that sort of swing to kind of bail out Proust if I need to. Um, the reason is I'm not too set on my second Ruck at the moment. Ruck number one might surprise a few people. I'm actually going Grundy uh, as my number one. I've looked over Gorn. I'm, I've looked over um, – what's his Darcy. name? Darcy. Yep. 
Yep. So out of the two, I'd probably consider Darcy, but he's also injury prone and Max is quite consistent, but he hasn't been performing too well. And it's one of those ones where I don't want to really handcuff myself in to that R2 spot when it is actually kind of open. And I think Grundy will keep chipping away and I think can actually improve. Um, yeah, so let's let's start with my defense line. Jake Lloyd, I think easiest picked in defense. Uh, I've actually got Crispy, um, who's coming to my side. I think they have a fairly good buy around, plus meant to be playing midfield, I think. So I think there's a lot of scope for him to maintain. Um, gut feel on Ridley and short. So Ridley, I think with you know Hurley will probably be coming back in, plus um, I think he should get that intercepting role. So if he intercepts and, and gets that release, I think they need him to. I think it's key and he's probably underpriced at that if he does deliver that those skills that he can have. And short for me, I think Hooley's gone short, huge upside. I know he, you know, had he was in some people's team last year and was a little bit frustrating, but I think it's his for the taking. So for me, short. And my one rookie that I'll probably mention is Kemp from Carlton. Is one fifty six k. I'm keeping an eye on him at this point. I think he's probably worth the admission. Yep. All right, we'll go line by line. So I'll yeah, go. Yep. So my very similar. I've got Lloyd Crisp short. I'm so big on Crisp and that. Yeah. It's his and uh, Adam's midfield now. Pendles, or we've heard, is going to go to half back. But in saying that, we hear that all the time. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Pendles will go to half back now. Don't know exactly what's going on with Dugowie week to week and that day to day by day. I'm gathering he probably club by club by club by club. Yes, <laughs> and that. So uh, yeah, so that'll be a bit interesting and that um, exactly what they'll do with their midfield, but yeah, it seems when Crisp was in there, he was scoring well. He's still a defender, so I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, short. I think, yeah, without Hawley, it was about 110, I think he's gone over the last two set. Might have been 110 last year and 105 over the last two years. So, yeah, that's just a no-brainer again. Um, the the one difference at the moment from you to me is I've got Hall in there and that. I oh. just think, I think oh. he's just underpriced to that. Uh, like, he, he's finished the year, and I just think they're going to see so much ball again north. So, yeah, it's the four primos back there. That could still change, but it'll be the four primos set up. Um, and then, and there yeah, seems I don't to mind be the, no sign of intelligent life. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind the Kemp pick. Um, that's a definitely one to track. But of those rookies and that, it's got to be Charlie Dean from Collingwood. Um you know, mature age is going to come well. into that back line. And yeah. now that, um, uh, is it Keane that's gone back home for homesickness um, from Collingwood? So just another, um, you know, possible Collingwood defender that's gone. And we know that Crisp and possibly Maynard will play a little bit of midfield time. So, yeah, that's the one I'm looking at. So it'll be four primos and four rookies, and it just depends what rookies pop out for. Um, the other guys, yeah, I like Ridley, sick dog, I'll track, but I'm, I'm a bit concerned that he could spend a bit of time forward and also coming back from that injury. Uh, so there's, yeah, there's, there's also Day and Jyeth and a few other yeah, people that are actually guys. coming into the team now. They and, won't be as reliant on him. And Lockie Whitfield has been in and out of my team as well on that. Like at 500, it's hard Me to too. ignore him. But, yeah, COVID and, the, uh, and his tendency to miss games, um, yeah, has me worried. I'm, I'm trying to look at players who, uh, and saying that after picking Aaron Hall at the moment, but looking at players who are usually fairly reliable to play that 21, 22 games. Um, and that's so Whitfield might. I reckon, I reckon Whitfield averages more than Hall this year. Don't tell Chris. <laughs> he probably does. But he's 500,000. He, so. he has to be a lot cheaper than Hall, though, surely. Like, oh, he is. He's, what, yeah. What's that, 80Ks? Yeah, 70Ks. Oh, like that, I'd, so. I'd be taking I'd be taking Whitfield anyway. Even the year before, Whitfield, when he wasn't injured or knocked out on zero, which is another consideration. Not only is it COVID, it's also whoever gets knocked out. Oh, uh, average, like, he averaged, Whitfield averaged like 110 uh, outside of those games. So in the year before, I think he actually did average you know 110 plus. So I, I am looking at Whitfield. He's been in my side multiple times. But the issue is, yeah, gut feel on Ridley could easily change. Um Having a look at the midfield, though, a little bit different. I know this is different. I've had gut feel on McRae. Everyone says you have to pick McRae, and I know all the stats say, yes, pick McRae, and he should be in my team, and he has been in my team, but McRae is out at the moment for me. And the funny part is, is that he killed it last year, but also Dogs had a lot of injuries, right? So the same thing applies for Bondapelli, who's, who's about to be in my team, P.S. Um, but even then, I think he was on the wing earlier. Uh, was it two years ago or whatever? And then oh, I don't think it was last year, maybe the year before, was on the wing a bit. Didn't average as well. Then injuries, he came in, played a lot more of the midfield. I think the new rules do help because he runs really well, but they have been still issues with their injuries. And don't forget, we still have like Trelaw. Um, we also have Smith coming you know, up through the ranks as well. 
yeah, it's, it's it's hard. Like whereas McRae, he he can be inside, he can be outside, but if he's on the outside on the wing, he still scores well. But is he? Uh, Gutfield says he's he's overpriced this year, and I know I shouldn't say that because everything will say you should pick it, and a lot of podcasters will say he has to be the first picked, right? But for me, I don't know why this year. Whereas last year's, I've I've put him in. Basically, this year is the year I'm kind of stalling and faltering. And the shit part is that I've actually got Tuke Miller at number one in my side. And do you know what I mean? Like as in, oh, yes, he had a breakout year and, and you know, Gold Coast and no one. But, you know, Greenwood's gone. So a, he, he, the, a lot of the load is reliant on him. He's still extremely young. The new tackle rules where if you do a 360, bang, you're gone. He has some of the most pressure acts and unrewarded tackling in, in the comp. So I think he's actually underpriced for that. He won't be highly owned. He's probably the only Gold Coast guy, probably with Rao, that I actually wouldn't mind owning and wits, I guess, on a point um, per se. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. And my midfield is very up and down at the moment. I've had I've had McRae and I've had you know Walsh in my side, but at the moment it's like Tuke Willer, Oliver, uh, Tuke Miller, Oliver, Bontebelli, Tom Mitchell, and Lockie Neal. The only ones that haven't really changed probably Lockie Neal. Um, Oliver, I think, yeah, I think he's still good value, but coming off a premiership, how hungry are they? Um, they're also very deep through that midfield, but his role is usually very set in stone. It's quite similar. So at least with Oliver, you know what you're getting. Tuke Miller, you kind of know what you're getting. Bontepelli, you're not so sure. Uh, I think Tom Mitchell, they're saying, well, he's doing Tom Mitchell things, so it looks like you know, he could be doing really well. Um, yeah, he averaged well in the back end of the year, but it's Tom Mitchell. He's always a bit eh, a bit whimsical and painful sometimes. Um, and Lockie Neal apparently training the house down, looks hungry, looks fit. So for me, he's the easiest picked. So Lockie Neal's the easiest midfielder picked based on his price and everyone else is interchangeable with other top sort of six to eight premiums, basically. And Walsh, that's why I think Walsh doesn't kind of fit in my team because he's average 117. And I'm like, well, for the extra 30, 40K, you can just get like Tuke Miller or you can get a Bontempelli for, you know, 13,000 more or whatever it is. And McRae, I'm like, well, it's just one of those balancing acts. I guess the preseason will sort of determine that. Uh, I've got Barry in my side, and the rookie that I can't really go past at the moment is Stevens from Sydney. Uh, was picked five or whatever a couple of years ago, has had a little bit of uh, time, but hasn't really sort of shown through, and I think he had some injuries, whereas I think he's talented enough. He was touted as like you know Andrew Gaff, skill-worthy when he was drafted. He's only 167000 for a guy of that talent. So I'm looking at people that have been in the system and not spending 200 plus for your day costs, et cetera. I'm looking at players that have been in the system for a couple of years who are also top picks and have the potential to score. So that's me. Yeah, I like it, mate. But it's funny, five minutes before you press the record button, uh, I traded uh, out Bonta Miller and put in McRae and Walsh. So Yeah, it's interchangeable, <laughs> that's, hey. That, like... That's the interchangeable where I just happened to be talking, somebody was messaging me and talking to me about something and kind of they were hot on Miller and that. And then... But the funny thing was, I was reading an article, I think it was on Jock Reynolds' site. Someone was like, oh, you should be cautious of Charlie Constable coming in for Miller's points. Uh, haven't laughed so hard in a while on that. So, but no, I, yeah, I think that, gone, it's so. going to be a really tough call. You know, Zach Merritt, Parrish is also in that group. Rory Laird. I've, I've thought about Parrish too, yeah. Rory Laird is going to be the biggest pod for somebody. And if he goes game busters, that could put you over the edge. The problem is... If something goes wrong, no one else is going to have him. But he, he season, he especially surely, after about round seven last year, was just unreal. I reckon he'll be under 2%. Oh, surely. exactly. And it could be even um, one. It's just, it's just one of those. So, yeah, out of those, I've got at the moment McRae, Steele, Oliver, T, Tommy Mitchell, you can't go past him, then Walsh, and then, as you said, Neil's the biggest lock um, this season. You just can't. you just got to have him and that at that price. Uh, looks great unless bar injury. What's he five forty or something? You just got to start him. Um, and yep. my rookie. In I also there. thought about Matty Rao too. Matty Rao's been in him out. Yeah, Matty so Rao. Barry, I took Barry out today. Um, oh, don't so do it. There's a little bit of interchangeable with that. I've got my. Well, I'll give you two rookies because one's a bit overpriced, but one's Finlay McRae. Um, I know Chris and I have been on the chat just talking him up so much. I think he's going to play, even with Lipinski coming in, I still think he's going to play a lot of midfield time. That's his position. So um, I can see him coming off the bench and spending a lot of time in the guts. And the other one I like is uh, Cooper Stevens from Geelong. 
Um, yep. Geelong at some point have got to play some of these rookies and that. Or look what happened. Tell Charlie Jordan, Constable. Well, that's it. Constable, Jordan Clark, they all left. He's uh, gone, so, yeah. And this guy, you know, he's a high, he's a first-round pick. Yeah, he was so, picked end of the first, wasn't he? Like 17 so I think he or, or 16, something yeah, like that. Some, yeah, somewhere so around that. I just think they've they've got to give him games and that. So that's the one I'm watching at the moment, about 123,000. Yeah. So yeah, that's he's where on, I'm at. he's on field for me. Um, what's your rock positions paced? Because we, we've got to push on here, but. Yeah, who are you, who are you I think we are in agreement on that. And I say, I'll say a lot of teams with the Gorn Darcy this year, but I'm all in on Grundy as my number one ruck. Um, I won't touch Gorn Darcy. Will it'll depend. There's a few things. I'm not leaning towards free on West Coast players at the moment until I find out what their premier decides to do. If they're going to be hubbed, I don't want a bar of any of their players. Um, so I'll wait to see about that. But yeah, I've got Prusat. Uh, two, the only issue that could change with that is, yeah, depending on his injuries, for, uh, GWS kind of flipped and flopped their rucks last year, and um, there's nowhere to go if he gets injured. Um, so, but I did have Tim English with a loophole of Samson Ryan um, in before, but I kind of made a change to my forward line before. So if I do go Pruce, I'm highly likely to start English up the forward line just for security. But so that'll be a decision if i've got the extra cash wits is appealing as well at his price so i do yeah, i've thought about wits as well wits and Proust, but then i'm like he's spending you know five hundred and eighty thousand, yeah which isn't too bad i guess considering that you normally have you know with a, a um like grundy grundy and uh and a, a rookie you're spending about 750 so i mean it is cheaper uh, it, i'm looking anybody at that. that's followed me knows that i always my r2 is usually a rookie one and that's so i i always think Rucks can get 80 points by, you know, well, if Wits looks fit, field, so. if Wits looks fit, he's averaged yeah. 100 flat for quite a long time. And if Gold Coast are actually going to improve, which I think they will, uh, unlike some other people, but uh, <laughs> I think Wits will be a pivotal part to that. And he'll be tapping down to a guy who's very improved, Raoul as well, who should be hopefully fit and firing. So I think Wits could average 100 plus and easily make you 100,000. And then Gold, at that point, you'll be able to assess. You'll be able to assess what you're going to do anyway. At that point, Gold Coast midfield isn't their problem, and that he's got no. plenty of guys to tap to. Oh, and Anderson as well taking the leap. Yeah. So I will better get exactly. into the forward line though. Yep, because we have got about eight minutes until we got to lock this out. Um, <laughs> I've gone at this moment, and it's a little bit interchangeable. Dunkley, I think, based on potential and the fact that he probably will be at least a top sort of six to ten forward. Duncan in here for me is probably like I know he's injury prone a little bit and he's getting a bit older, but the way the game is played at the moment, he is a very consistent at scoring when he does play. Um, and I think with you know danger probably be a bit more forward. I think they really need Duncan this year. This year more than most, I think they kind of said you know will say to him basically if we're going to win this premiership, we actually need you to be a very pivotal part of this team um, because he sees things that other people don't see. He opens it up and he's very good with his kicking. Uh, again, he has been replaced. He's also been butters for me um, and that kind of thing. Uh, Cam Rayner is the one that's in my side at the moment playing uh, midfield in match sim. And everyone's like, oh, but, you know, just off a knee. Yes, I know he's off a knee, but he's also very cheap. They tipped him to play some midfield time last year before he did his knee. This year, they held him back before Christmas, and he's he's going gangbusters. Like, to the point, Fagan actually commented in an interview saying, like, he's closing his eyes and his mouth. Like, he doesn't – when he's watching him do this stuff, he's doing things like he hasn't been injured. And it's one of those, you know, he, he feels safe enough in his body that he's just going out and execute, executing all these good things. And Fagan just kind of has to let him let him be him, basically. And um, so if he keeps on doing that and gets through unscathed, I think he is a very good price point to consider. He might be out of my side because it is Sprainer after all. Uh, Keneally, I think, is an easy one. Um, even if, if he just plays, I can't see him shitting the bed that much. I mean, he's about what 50,000 more than people, 60,000 more than people paid for Paddy Dow last year. At least you know, he's getting with Cornelia and the upside is there. Whereas for Dow, he had never scored a hundred in his life. So, um, yeah, uh, I've got Hollands, uh, deconing. I think for me, I'm looking at, uh, it's interchangeable like Sarong, uh, Motlop, I mean, might probably play for Cullen cause I got rid of Eddie Betts, but what's his scoring potential like? So they're all, fa um, deconing, I think is also another one from Geelong is, um, was highly rated his um, brother, obviously. And, yeah, I think he probably might get some opportunities as well, fingers crossed. Yep, exactly. So no, I, I like like it. I, I've got a real different starting. I actually took Dunks out. It probably comes back in. Yeah, so I put him back in just during this podcast. Um, my, uh, my, uh, my F1 at the moment's butters. Um, so, yeah, Chris has kind of got me sold on him at the moment and that. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll probably Dunks and English will probably come flying back in there. But at the moment, I've just got Butters. And then, yeah, I've got Sprainer. Um, yeah, he's just ripping up the track. Cogs. 
Um, I've all got I've got Will Brody at the moment, and that's probably my question mark. That's probably interchanged a bit with Charlie Curnow. Um, yeah, there's a couple of those ones around that 200 mark that I'll be tracking. So I, th- I feel like um, I'm more willing to go sort of those. They're expensive rookie prices, more than mid prices in there, um, depending if they get a go and their role on that. Um, and then I reckon Brody's more, a burn man. I don't like. I know I Chris was keen on him, and, and it could be Charlie Kerno as well. But I've got him sitting there at the moment. Uh, probably the one. They also have like well, he 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 ran PBs last year for Gold Coast, yeah. and he was lean and fit and doing all this stuff, and then still couldn't get a game for Gold Coast. Yeah, so but I mean, how many people look at even like Gold Coast? And actually, like, there's players that leave yeah. and actually do well at the club. Like, Jared Lyons was kicked out of that club and he's probably Brisbane's second best player. Like, for some reason, they just... I don't think it was happened. based on talent, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah true, I, I guess. Yeah, not uh, on talent. But Brody's always had talent. Yeah, so yeah true. It's just but one then of you also have, like, you know, Valente and a few other people that haven't had a game yet yeah. that, uh, you know, and um, oh, there's even another one that didn't play much last year who was very big on Tucker, maybe. Um, you know, there's they have a lot of depth at Frio, yeah. more than... I'd consider. So yeah. I don't know. For me, I just it has all the preseason hype in the world. And for me, it just feels like he could play three games or two games and then yeah. they go, oh, actually, you're not actually defending well enough for us or you're and, not and doing the team things. And all over again in that. So it's most likely to get changed and I might probably go, it all depends what rookie's available or, yeah, or do I, you know, yeah, go down and then put Dunkley back up for Butters. So that that's just someone that's there at F4 yep. that I'm just having a look at. Um, the rookies, Butters, I definitely. really like Finn McGuinness. Um, from Hawthorne. Um, he's one, one of Sam Mitchell's boys back from the VFL days and that. So he absolutely loves the guy. Can see him playing a lot of game time early on this season in there. And yeah, you can't go past Hollands from Gold Coast. Um, he was top five draft pick maybe three years ago. He was always going to miss that first year because of injury. Um, had some setbacks last year, but he, he, if he's ready to go, um, like he really should be like 100% ownership this season. Um, it's like Neil, but you always get a few people who do, you know, throw in a few other names and stuff or the, for whatever reason. Oh, they'll um, be heaps. Yeah, don't, and ends up being like 60% or something. But, yeah, no, you should be already locked in people's teams. Yeah, I think Holland's is good. I think there's definitely a lot of scope to improve. I mean, even like Flanders and a lot of these other players that just high picks at Gold Coast. I think surely after all the disappointment – do you know what I mean? Like they have to get together and say it's on us. Like we need to actually lift they and do have shit. A they have horrid draw Ben to start uh, the year. Oh yeah, it's to like start the AFL's, the year. It's, yeah, it's not like even that bad. They're playing West Coast. The West yeah, Coast well, West game will be at home. Group, but I think they it'll got Melbourne in the second week and GWS yeah. and stuff. So nah, they'll. I told you already. They'll beat GWS this year. GWS will have their. They they're going downhill. GWS Gold Coast will beat GWS and West Coast and they'll lose to the D's. They'll be two and three. Uh, two out two out of one. Two two out of three. Should I say two and one? So ratio GWS players because they're not going to get that big of the pie in games. Oh, I reckon I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I think GWS they pulled it through last year, but you know, I mean, Gold Coast have more talent than they do at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me if Gold Coast actually beat them on the ladder this year. That's, how, that's, I <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about West Coast. I think they should yeah. be completely this year. So, but like, I guess, well, we Darling's out, Darling's out. So, Darling's yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't how, know. we saw what, how much they loved Oscar Allen. last time. Oscar Allen in draft leagues, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. So, look, there's, a, there's a, definitely a lot to play out. Uh, we'll keep you updated and we'll go through our team-by-team analysis. Preseason will be definitely the one that I think we start to look at, uh, not only you know, how they're going, but also the positions that they're playing because it's more relevant than, than it was before. And we've already been hitting up Fantasy Freako. I think JB's already, or Chizo set up Fantasy Freako as well, trying to get him to say, hey, what was the percentage of Fife and Dangerfield and Bonds? Like, how close were they? Um because a consideration for the dogs just quickly is as well is that they're still missing Bruce as well. Um, no, who's it? Who's who did their knee? Uh, no, no, Western Bulldogs. No, it's. I can't remember actually. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, that's we're right. telling the story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's me. Um, anyway, so it's going to be interesting. But again, I think it's a takeover of the, of the young. And the new, which is why probably I will end up going with, you know, Bontempelli, Tuke Miller, Sam Walsh. Lockie Neal will be my oldie one, but I'll probably pass on a lot of these other oldies, I think, and just go with the new. And in that case, I should probably take my own advice and butters over Duncan. Probably averages more, hey, Chris, and Swizz. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, so it's going to be fun to talk about and that. So you now it's good to yes. be back talking to you, mate. And that, yes, you too. It's always be, good fun. So good can't to have wait Chris to get back here too. And, 
actually starting the season with you. I wasn't here for the team reveals last year. So the, the team no, discussion. you weren't you. This will be my yeah, this, debut of it. this whole new Iris platform just so Swiss oh. can sound and look good, everyone. So oh, it's, it's a work in progress. Well, I'm getting my cricket club like, out there, Parkfield and that. So, uh, But I, I will have a few other different tops throughout the year, so don't you worry about that. I'll get the still cricket season at the moment. Mate, I've got the Lions on. I've got the Dane Zorko <laughs> signed jersey. I've got to put it up. It's just sitting there behind me. Living large, Chris is babysitting like five kids, so we'll get him back on soon enough. I'm getting into um, I'm getting into the Australian Day theme with the change of the date and the Indigenous photo at the background. So I'll just throw that go. one out there, and we've probably gained a hundred thousand well, views and lost now probably freed. another fifty of them. That's right. It's now freed the flag too. So good yes. on them for that, and all the AFL players pushing that is very good news. Anyway, that's us, everyone. So, look, enjoy. Hopefully you've enjoyed this bit of a, an explanation, a bit of a, a slowly winding shit talk, but uh, it's always been a pleasure, Swizz. Appreciate you. Back for season 2022, an integral part of our now uh, Supercoach Insider unit. You have access to twi- Twitter oh, as well, Swizz. So, yeah, mate, you better get on find there. me and that at Swizz26, but, yeah, should be fun and we're happy to talk. Yep, that's it, guys. Until next time, we'll see you later. See you. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.